You're listening to the Bill Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Spring is here, and that means spring sports season has all but arrived on Midco SN. This spring, we're proud to bring you coverage of UND football, softball, and track and field, plus the latest news and interviews with the out-of-season teams you care about. So stay tuned in the months ahead to Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Chaves Podcast, episode 34, taping this on Monday, April the 15th, Patriots Day, Bill. Happy Patriots Day to you. Yes, uh, <laughs> this is one of my favorite Patriots Days was, I'm trying to recall when it was, but it, it was, uh, I think the Red Sox, I think they ended up losing the game, but it was mm-hmm. like ridiculous how many runs now again i'm trying to think i think it was the opposition that was scoring i could be wrong with this but they kind of did a mirror between the 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 actual person running the marathon winning and then how many marathon (laughs) runs the (laughs) red sox gave up it was pretty good but yeah what a big day in boston oh huge huge Huge. day we uh we used to have a joke obviously in new in new england this is this is the celebration of the battle of lexington and concord starting the revolutionary war paul revere's ride all those things It's it's a holiday for the region that the rest of the country doesn't really celebrate, but you have the Boston Marathon, you have a Sox matinee. It's a it's a great day, and I used to joke in college like I don't I don't go to class on Patriots Day. We're observing this because we well, we watched the Red Sox game, and I had an English professor that didn't didn't uh, discredit me for, for taking the day off, Ooh, which, was, which I, I appreciate. I thought a history pro- professor would, for sure think, not a problem. Uh, my, one of my English profs was a big baseball guy. Okay, he's got like it. yeah, that's okay. That's that's an excused absence from class. So professor who? Um, shout out to Professor Kevin Cole from the All University right, of Sioux Falls. You made the pod. Yeah, big Astros fan. Good deal. Respect. Respect to Kevin. Um, <laughs> we'll talk maybe more about Red Sox because obviously it's a fun revival. We actually have the game going on right now, simulcast. Red Sox-Orioles here on the screen thanks to Bill Chaves' uh, iPad. So if we're a little distracted, you know, or you hear some <laughs> halfway through, it's because we're watching Sander Bogarts or Mookie Betts or whatever doing something good. But, uh, you know... A busy week in UND athletics. Obviously, we're kind of into that part of the year where there are fewer teams active. There's less going on, but there's a lot of great, there, there's a lot of great things happening. And in terms of future announcements and 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 things that are taking place, and and one of them, of course, is the athletics Hall of Fame class that got just announced the other day. 2019 Hall of Fame in the books. Five individuals and the 1998-99 women's basketball team being inducted. Cool to see those individuals get celebrated like this and a cool nod to UND's history coming yeah. back to the fore. You know, so go go to our website if you want to read uh, more about it for sure. And, and Mitch did a nice job with that. But the I'd say the Letter Winners uh, Board does a tremendous job. So I, I sit, uh, I, I, I go to those meetings uh, once a month and, you know, but it, it is really the letter winners board. Um, and, and this year uh, our chair was Brian Westland. And so uh, he, he, they do a, just a terrific job trying to cull through, uh, you know, really our history. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a hard thing to do. Think about, think about it, how hard it is for probably major league baseball or, you know, the Naismith, uh, you know, basketball hall of fame or, but, but th- that you've got at least one sport, but this yeah. one, you're trying to like balance between how do you balance, let's just say an offensive lineman with a cross country runner, with a mm-hmm. basketball player, with a hockey player. I mean, just, it's hard. And so they do it just a terrific job. And prior to uh, Mitch sitting in kind of in the communications world, it was Jason has that, that, that really, you know, took ownership. And, uh, and that's really what you need to do is take ownership of that because that's our history and uh, it's one of my favorite events 
every single year. Mm. It just is. It, you know, you bring back people and, you know, you're able to say thank you for what they've done, you know, in their career to build the, the, the programs to where they are today. Yeah, it's a cool deal. It's coming up, again, a ways away before the ceremony yeah. itself. October the 4th is the Hall of Fame ceremony, a Friday night at the Alaris Center. And that's followed by recognition of those Hall of Fame nominees the next day at the football game, the Hall of Fame game against UC Davis this season on October the 5th on Saturday. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it is just this great chance to go back and look. And there are people kind of from the 80s, 90s, the 2000s, all the way back to the 60s this year as well. Um, it's just cool to see all those generations getting to come together and, and have a, that type of celebration. It, it really is a special, special time. Yeah. And, and I think if you're sitting in the chairs, we're sitting in, we're always you know, trying to figure out how you can be logical with the years. And so that maybe it's somewhat natural from an anniversary standpoint, Mm -hmm. but not always does it work out that way. And so you have to be, you know, there's just a lot of just pieces of the puzzle you have to think through, but you know, the, uh, our, our alums, our, our former student athletes should be, uh, excited to know how serious that letter winner's board takes that responsibility because it's a huge responsibility. Yeah, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Hall of Fame is not, those aren't words that should be taken lightly. That's a big deal. No, and what it is, Alex, and it's just the truth when when folks, you know, um, you know, tend to uh, think back about their, their lives or, or, or their careers and, and to be able to put that next to your name is huge. Yeah. So we're excited about it. So we were able to announce that last week. And uh, you're right. This is a little bit, uh, and I, I, it's not really slower. It's just different yeah. it, it, because you're trying to, you know, figure out, you know, how do we end the year strong here and support the student athletes and the programs that we have currently uh, participating. But then also you're trying to look ahead too to figure out what are some of the nuances and tweaks we're going to have, you know, moving forward. We saw an actual visual that David Folsky showed us before (laughs) the pod. And and again, the Ralph's doing the same thing as the uh, scoreboard literally just uh, came down. And, uh, um, but there's, you know, going to be pieces of that puzzle too, as far as kind of taking that apart and putting up on uh, on the uh, if you will the end zones of the, of yeah. the arena so it, it's a time of you know it's spring that's what it's what's all about you kind of have this rebirth and regrowth as as things as things end at the same time because of the way the school calendar goes we've got three weeks left before finals or i think two weeks left and then finals week yep. here at und students kind of getting ready to move on same thing spring football wrapping up this past weekend too. Yeah. 15 practices in the books yep. highlighted by a really fun not a game but a fun wrap-up practice that fans got to come in and observe what were your thoughts about the, how the spring season finished the i don't know I, I was i was excited um I, I thought we probably did a good job of just explaining really what it is. And I, you know, it, it sounds crazy in that regard, but I think people knew what they were coming to see at that mm-hmm. stage of the game and there wasn't any surprises. And so I would suggest to you probably between, if I was to say last year to this year, less people this year, two things. One, we did have a little wintry mix. That went had a little something to do with it. We had a yeah. little something going yeah. on, so that probably had something to do yeah. with it. But then, too, I think again, we were a little bit more, you know, thoughtful that really you're coming to see a, a practice mm-hmm. in, in a sense. And so, you know, if if you had in your mindset you were coming to a game, then that really is not the case. And now, like I said, it, we, I know we pounded this last week a little bit, but it, it really, uh, it, I think that has kind of gone away a little bit, certainly on the FCS side, yeah. where there's just less numbers. Yeah, and that's for people that were who missed maybe missed last week's pod again. The idea wasn't that 
you know, we're trying to not make it a spectacle or shortchange the people, et cetera. It's just like, hey, just the reality is you don't want to throw, you know, there's only 60, 70 guys max practicing right now. Not even that probably with guys being held out because of injury. That gives you fewer numbers, guys that are still kind of learning, A, this this spring, by the way, a new offense, a new system that they're installing. And then to throw them out there and play play an actual game and try and have a winner and a loser. And there's just not enough guys out there to make that happen while being smart and thinking about the long term of, hey, what, what's best for this team for the fall? Because that's the whole point. And, no doubt. No and doubt. I, th- I think we got a chance to see. It was the only the second time the team had gone live this spring. The other, the other time was a very short, brief period, kind of before uh, spring break. And so just a chance for the guys to go and hit a little bit, yeah. experience what that side of the thing is is going to be like. And, and I think that the coaching staff, I think, got some good nuggets of evaluation from yep. what they saw on Friday yeah, night. It, it, you're exactly right, Alex. I think the, uh, I think the thought for, for the guys, that it was different for them. You know that that right. practice was different, and it and it really did sort of you know culminate the spring, and it kind of got you to practice fifteen, and away you go, and yeah. and now you go into you know summer mode. You know, every sport has kind of a a, a flow to it, and now you go, kind of go into that summer workout mode. But mm-hmm. prior to that, they need to finish strong here academically. Just to, yes, you know, knock their it. knock their classes out and, and do a great job there, and then uh, and then from there you go into summer workout mode. Yeah. If you're looking for more information, by the way, on the spring game and on spring practice in general, we're producing another day-by-day episode based around the spring that should be out this Wednesday. So be checking in on Midco Sports Network's YouTube page and other social media avenues just to kind of hear from the coaches and the players and see a little video from the course of the uh, yeah the 15 practices they had this spring. So yeah. it's been fun. We've been working on it the last uh, last week or so just to kind of fine-tune some things. We've got Danny Freund and Eric Schmidt and Bubba Schweigert mic'd up for different portions of the practices. It's, it's another it's always so fun to get back into that world we had produced 15 episodes during the fall um it won an award which is kind of fun we haven't talked about this much but it won an addy award in the cities for best web series um so that's kind of cool so it's fun to get back into that world and start doing some of those things again so be on the watch for that uh, coming up later this well, week. well we said that it, it really you guys did an awesome job with that and really it just uh, it gave you a, a sneak peek into really what's what's transpiring you know and uh um i think folks just like to see that a little bit it's kind of like that yeah. how, well how do they how do they make the sausage a little bit how does it work right <laughs> yeah Pull back the curtain. Yeah, Pull I, back the curtain a little bit. I think sometimes too, from a media perspective and from an athletics department perspective, and if you know if you're around a lot, you know you you go to practice quite a bit, and you're in the and you're in the gym or you're in you know the HPC or at Memorial, you're at, you're at the Ralph. You sort of see how it is and see how the guys interact and see how the coaches are when they're not you know specifically in game day mode, but when they're just practicing on a Monday afternoon. But nobody else really gets that, no. and I think that's that's the part that we wanted to try and bring. Like, it, let's let's put you on the sidelines yep. as the team is getting ready for whatever, for the game, for this big road trip, for the spring practice, whatever it is. And uh, and I think that just those are just invaluable things that I think people really enjoy, and that's well, we that's what made the series interesting. Yeah, we appreciate you all doing it. I mean, it, I thought it was uh, very very well received. I know uh, our program enjoyed it for sure, and uh, many of the people that I've spoken to thought it was great. Yeah, cool. Well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Cool. Well, we're looking forward to doing it again this fall. So be on the watch for that uh, again for the spring coming up this week. And then, of course, later on, once spring ball wraps and fall practice begins on August the 1st, which is, is it, not which is not that far away. It's crazy that that's coming up. Is it is it day by day again or is it day by day? <laughs> or what are we doing here? Day by day, uh, colon, the sequel. No, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out when the time comes. Week by week. We're week by week in that one. 
um, elsewhere around UND Athletics. Softball was supposed to begin their home portion of the season this past weekend. Obviously, weather-wise, it proved prudent to move it south. We had talked on the pod last week. I don't know if these games are going to happen in Vermilion against South Dakota, but they did go off, and they were very competitive. USD is one of the best teams in the league, I think now 11-1 and in conference. And our girls pushed them to the limit, really, on and all, and all three had yeah, beyond the limit on yes. Friday, and uh, but just just couldn't come away with the victory. Unfortunately, yeah, you know, I would uh, much like we talked about at the beginning uh, of this pod, where where my 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 team has to play this other team twice this week in soccer. <laughs> it, 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 when you have to play someone, I think that's going to be invaluable for our our ladies. I mean, yeah. it, because I I think you've seen them to some degree, and obviously um, pushed them pushed him pretty darn hard and so uh um I, I think that eventually comes back and helps us uh, uh down the road that would just yeah. be my opinion but this week ought to be great yeah great gate for the girls to, to get home first games here in grand forks this season they'll be at the alara center against western illinois uh, a game coming up on friday night at seven and then a doubleheader saturday at two and 4 30 you mentioned last weekend those games are free to the public just get out and support something fun to do on easter weekends to bring the family and go enjoy and these are key games again this is a tightly bunched midsection of the summit league standings right now and you know und right now is at four and five again after losing those three games to usd uh, USD and NDSU are kind of have some distance between themselves and the rest of the field. But then after that, South Dakota State is at four and four. UND's just a half game back of them for the third spot. Western Illinois is right behind both of those teams at three and six. So that's, you know, and really Fort Wayne, et cetera, th- those teams aren't that far away either. So there are five teams really all fighting for position. And there's only a couple of weeks left before yep. the softball tournament takes place in Fargo coming up in the middle part of May. Big games this weekend and a chance again for our girls to show out here at home in front of a home crowd for the first time this season. Should be funny. I think this was incredibly well received last year. And yeah. so if you have a shot, uh, 7 o'clock on uh, on Friday night, and then uh, admission is a no no admission, free free of admission. How about that free charge? That, that's Those are always <laughs> good, charge. aren't they? It's a so high five and a handshake and you're in. We're going to charge you, but it's going to be free. Uh, and then <laughs> on Saturday at 2 and 4. Awesome. Good stuff. I had a chance, by the way, to sit in um, each – I, 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 last Wednesday uh, over at Italian Moon over on Washington, yeah. the historic yep. landmark restaurant, um, there's a group of uh, of older gentlemen that get together and just have coffee and chat about sports. I don't know if, you ever, if you've been privy to this. I Bill. have it on my radar screen. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's a lot of fun. Virch Voss, you know, longtime, you know, award-winning beat writer for the Herald is, is there. And some, just some guys from church and guys from around yep. town. I got to go and kind of sit and chat. And they all talked about this, how much they enjoyed going to the Alaris last year and seeing the softball team play. And they were talking about, because with obviously with the weather and you know, all these things, like, well, why, they, why don't they just play like all the games over there? Like, yeah. that was a lot of fun to be indoors. It felt like you were at the Metrodome again. It felt like, you know, all those all those kind of fun fun sort of things that, that nostalgically, if you were kind of from a certain era, you know, going to Twins games like that, that was kind of, part of growing up a little bit but it's uh it was just fun though to hear that group of guys be yeah. excited about you know these softball games that were going to be taking well, place here at home a couple things on on that is uh is it it takes a little bit from an operation standpoint to to pull this yes. off that's yeah. number one mm-hmm. and uh, so i thank our staff tremendously for doing it it, it is it, it it takes a little bit and so uh just not i guess as easy of just rolling something out and just letting it roll and, mm-hmm. and playing softball so that's number one and then number two it's all based on really what Alaris is uh, you know, uh, availabilities are. And so, yeah. um, and, and, you know, ultimately we, 
rather play outside if that were the case. Yeah. I mean, that, that is really what we, we'd like to do. But this at least gives, um, hopefully, our, our team uh, the ability to, to say they've got a few home games you know, under their belt. And then the following week, maybe, knock on wood, we've got 60s this week. I mean, yeah. maybe that we might be outside. We'll see what happens. David kind of is looking at me a little suspect <laughs> right now. But that's okay. Well, we're hoping those games are outside, too. Those games against South Dakota State, the 26th and 27th, will be live on Midco Sports Network, assuming that mm-hmm. – they take place. So fingers are crossed that we can get some of those games on the air and yep. support, again, a team that really has high aspirations in their first year in the summit to make something happen and are certainly in line uh, to be right there in the mix for a, the top four spot and a great chance to make something happen in the playoffs. Um, speaking of making something happen in the playoffs, how about the NCHC? Another great run for that conference. Our UND's conference getting two teams into the Frozen Four again this year in Buffalo and then seeing a familiar face Win the whole thing. UND alum Scott Sandlin and the Bulldogs winning their second straight NCAA national title. It's it's wild to see this conference just continue to produce incredible teams that are just battle-tested and ready to go when the games matter most. Four straight is special. I mean, I'm not sure there's a, a debate right now on what the strongest <laughs> conference is in, in the country. If there is, there, there shouldn't be. Uh, I, well, after this I, I guess we can debate anything, I guess, in life. But, I mean, there's, <laughs> it would seem like this one would be 100-0 to zero at this stage. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, um, it's a great, great weekend, certainly for the Bulldogs to, to win their second straight. And uh, um, I just thought that they just handled the UMass team. They just, yeah. uh, but the only word you could use is really smother. They, they smothered UMass and UMass a pretty good team, but um, you know, you give, give credit to, to where credit's due and, and they did it. They did a nice job. And uh, you know, from, from that perspective. So all that to be said, uh, it just gives you an idea of, of, of where the bar is in the league. And if you feel like you can win this league, Lord knows you probably can win it all, right? I mean, that's pretty much what's happened at <laughs> yeah. this stage. Yeah, I think what's so interesting, again, you see, you know, a Denver team that was fourth in the conference, you know, that, that UND obviously pushed and saw their season end two in the quarterfinals. Not a seeded team. They end up rolling through their section and making it to the Frozen Four and then taking UMass to overtime in one semifinal. A Duluth team that finished a distant second mm-hmm. to St. Cloud State and they run the table and win the final eight games of the season. That, by the way... To, to go and win the thing in St. Paul and then to keep winning. That hadn't happened, for to my knowledge, I don't think that had happened before, period. I don't think a team had won the frozen face-off. Typically what has happened in recent years is you win the frozen face-off and then something happens and you kind of stumble once you get into the tournament. Duluth last year didn't win a game in the frozen face-off and ended up winning the whole thing. This year was kind of the opposite. You get momentum from a great run in St. Paul and they carried that through it's just really impressive to see what they've been able to do the last couple of years. And like you mentioned, that's a, that's now kind of the standard back-to-back titles for the first time since 0405. You've got someone you can shoot for now for, and you not that you didn't have before, but it, it's neat to see again, one of our own have so much success, yeah. albeit with another program. That's you know, and, and just, if you look at the, uh, if you look at the, just the entire regular season, how dominating St. Cloud was. And, yeah. and of course, St. Cloud wasn't even there. Right. And yeah. so at the end of the day, um, just, it just really amazing, uh, just an amazing performance by the league really since its inception. And so, um, kudos to commissioner Fenton and, uh, and, and, and everyone that, that built this league, uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, we've got, we've got our work cut out, but you know, I know our guys are, uh, excited now about, you know, 
where where we head uh, heading into next year. So, uh, but you know, again, I, I think if you look back one more time on, on our our season, uh, you know, we just had a wide variance. We had a wide variance of yeah. results. I mean, we 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 beat teams up top, but you know what? We we unfortunately didn't win some games that that would have made a big big difference in us. You know, giving ourselves a shot, yeah. and uh, and so that we've got to try to again get off to a fast start next year and, and see where that leads us. Yeah, well, he split against the national champs. I mean, beat Duluth yeah, I mean, a pair of times. Obviously beat Denver, had success against them, a Final Four team. I mean, that's you've seen, like you said, this team, as it was constituted last year, had the potential to beat anybody in the country. Just a couple bad losses along the way that prevented them from getting the opportunity yep. in the national tournament. You have some guys to replace, of course, but... Uh, they, UND got some good news getting, uh, we, we talk so much about graduate transfers on this program sometimes, but they picked up one of their own now coming up, a graduate transfer coming from in-conference to fill a, a senior center role in Weston Mashad from Colorado College. Uh, I know there was some talk earlier this week about, you know, UND made a, had a press release about his signing and some people thought, well, well how can they do that? Because he's still, he's a Colorado College player until a certain point, but there was a reason why we could mention that. Yeah. Once, once the, uh, once, uh, the, uh, the student signs a financial aid agreement, then then it's it's okay at that stage. And so, um, and and I think you know, again, given where we are from a rules standpoint, this is just where we are. Um, and so, I, I again, I have my thoughts on on, on maybe some things on maybe in that space mm-hmm. what, what might make sense, but. Today, this is what we're dealing with, so we deal with it. And so, uh, I think in this case scenario, um, you know, if you're sitting at a school and you think maybe one more year there's you know an opportunity somewhere else that that might give you a chance to to uh, I don't know better better yourself or better uh, get a different experience and then you know the the team itself needs to make sure that it's a fit and it's a connection and all that rot and so you know that's a uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays itself out for sure yeah always fun when you can kind of you know <laughs> bring in someone that you had to play against and maybe didn't didn't love playing against now he's one of your own yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know he he certainly played pretty well against us, and uh, and he's he's statistically done a nice job there, and so uh, and they had a nice run. I mean, it made it yeah, to the frozen faceoff, mm-hmm. and so uh, so again, uh, I think, uh, but I think Coach Barry, if he was on this pod right now, he'd say, you know, I, you know, they're, they're, those are just all um, you know parts parts of you know to the whole, and so uh, but everyone needs to kind of do their thing and and have a great great summer and then come back and we're ready to go. Yeah, I think that'd be the case really for every team that we're talking about right now. When yeah. you talk about from from the hardwood to the ice to the field, everybody's trying to just use this time that is coming up quickly to start making those strides to get ready for your yep. next season for the 2019-2020 campaign. Definitely. Not that far away. April 15th, Ides of April are here, and it's just summer's not that far off, and it feels like things are just flying tax day. by. You guys, get That's your taxes right. in. Hopefully you get your taxes in. Good. I'm, I'm good here, Dave. We're three. We're three for three. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Good, good deal. <laughs> Just making sure. Just making sure. A little PSA for everyone out there. Yeah. If you, Although you're going to be if a you're listening to this, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and you've not done your taxes, I don't know if we can <laughs> help you. But that's, get an extension. Get an extension. Get get on the phone real fast because they'll find you. That's right. Dog got it. Um, anything else from a UND perspective, Bill? You want to make sure we touch on this week? I think we did just about everything. That uh, no, I think I think we're good. Good. All right. Um, flipping the page from the UND side to the B side. We might as well start here. Boston now trailing four to nothing in the bottom of the fifth here on on Patriots Day or Boston Day, as, as they're now kind of calling it one Boston Day. Uh, the Sox, though, have kind of been on a little mini 
rejuvenation run that's kind of coincided really because we potted on Wednesday last week. So it was a midweek pod. They were three and nine, I believe, at that time. And they've won three of their last four. Rotation starting to, to pitch a little bit better. Bats coming to life a little bit more. I don't know. Just such a slow start. Yeah. I mean, crazy slow. Just uh, and, and, and all of it's come down to to some degree. They just haven't had great starting pitching. Yeah. And then then all of a sudden, you know, occasionally you're going to have uh, you know a tough day or you 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 go up against a, a, a tough starter or and your bats go silent. But um, they just have not looked great out of the gates. But yeah, there's such a long way to go. And and again. Uh, to some degree, the Yankees getting off to a slow start probably helps a little bit as well. Yeah, those two will play for the first time this season this week. That'll be the next series mm-hmm. in New York right after this one wraps up against the Orioles. And then they go to Tampa. So we've had Ooh. that long road stretch on the West Coast to start the season. Couple we got up the rings this past week, a couple of home games mixed in there, and then right back, right back on the road in the division. Again, the schedulers did not do them any favors. Nope. But if you want to get back on track, obviously beating some of yeah. your biggest rivals yep. are a good way to do it. Yep. Maybe um, catching the Yankees at the right time. I think they've got a few yeah. injuries, huh? Yeah, I saw they were shutting down Batances, I saw, for the next three weeks. and Sanchez. And Yeah, I believe so, too. So, that, you know, both of those teams, both of the big powers in the East struggling a bit, while the Rays have kind of been I'm the sure everyone's really that. disappointed. And there's so, so many tears across sadness. the country. Sadness. <laughs> Lots of sadness. Uh, David just rolled his eyes. Um, the uh, One last thought on the Sox. You know, we've talked so much about the starting pitching, how they hadn't had any quality wins. They now have three quality starts, yep. excuse me, yep. from a starting pitching yep. standpoint. But their ERA from the startings, it's 7.4, I think, right now. It's the worst in the majors. That kind of hammers home the point that they have not been great on the mound this year from the start. No, no. And, uh, again, uh, the worrisome piece is Chris Sale. I mean, that's that's the one where, wow, I'm just – yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it, it's whatever I read, it's something feeling like just mechanical or something, like, but it just doesn't feel like you, you lose seven miles out for your fastball, right? Yeah, I mean, instead of going 97, 98, it feels a little different to me <laughs> yeah, than 90, 91. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not great. Nope. Not great. Um, from, the, from, the <laughs> from the lows, maybe, of the Red Sox rotation, let's go to the highs. Let's go to Augusta, Georgia. You had a chance to watch some of the Masters this weekend. Just awesome scenes. First of all, beautiful. Like that's we we I've heard people talk about this. How it's so funny to be up north and things are just kind of white or brown, and it's just the weather is so nasty. And and you flip a switch and you're down and you're walking Amen Corner, and it just it's gorgeous. I mean, oh, just green and the azaleas are in bloom. And, postcard, yeah. And you get one of the great, well, really one of the great comeback stories in sports, almost ever, really, for Tiger Woods to come back and win a major like that. After really being eleven years in between, eleven years, and he hadn't won the Masters since two thousand five, and everybody kind of left him for dead. And it's it's an incredible story. I'm not so sure what's more incredible, in a sense, is just physically his ability to yeah. swing a club the way he's swinging yeah. it. I mean, how many back surgeries has he had? I, I just it's just crazy to yeah. me. I mean, beyond all that, just to be able to play really with those guys on tour. And then to play at that level again, and he just, uh, you know, it's it's it, it, he just seemed so confident from a putting standpoint, and that's always sort of the the deal when you have to win a major, right? You yeah. just got to find a way to to, to minimize, um, you know, three putts and beyond. But he uh, he was he was really good, and uh, it was fun to see. You know, what what ironic is, uh, you know, his previous, you know, fourteen, he led going into the the last round, and this yeah. is the one. 
where he didn't. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think he was very consistent all weekends. He was always kind of in, really the entire tournament. Yeah. He was always kind of That's in, in right. the mix, but he never really was the one everybody Whoa. was chasing. And Whoa. that, not that that made a big difference, but you would think if he would have been leading after day two or day three, think about just the intensity of the coverage. And not, not that he doesn't always feel that spotlight, but it would have been a different story if Tiger is leading going into Sunday at the Masters. That would have sort of taken on a life of its own. I think a couple other things helped him too. I think because of the weather was going to be uh, iffy. He yes. just got out of bed and yep. went. They just they moved up the just, start time. Just, you just go. Yeah. And, and instead of having to hang around all day, to, like right, they're going to be the last four, last threesome at that point in time. Um, and so, I don't know, instead of teeing off noon, 1 o'clock, boom, you're just going. Yeah. And then two – Molinari seems like a guy that is just so darn consistent mm. that it was better that he was in the group with him. Like, I feel like Molinari was not in his group. It would have been, been better for Molinari. Because yep. he, melt, he, he, he melted down a little bit. He, yeah. well, he was just yeah. so rock solid yeah. for so long. And then next thing you know, the wheels are starting to, <laughs> to shake a little bit. And then all of a sudden the ball's in the water yeah. and holy oh, cow. Yeah. But his his tee shot on 16 was tremendous, mm. the par three. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say he had it at that point because certainly he did not. But, boy, he looked – it looked pretty good. It, lo it looked like he was – it looked like he wasn't going to lose it. There you go. Someone was yeah. going to have to Someone beat him. Someone had to take him. it from him. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. And the one that I thought was going to potentially do it is Kepka because he's had so much uh, success recently. Yeah. I think he's won three of the last seven now uh, uh, majors. And so uh, if he makes that putt on 18, I know. Kepka had a birdie putt on 18. Well, I know. And that Tiger would have played 18 differently, differently. If, if there would have been I think so. only a stroke difference. But that is technically, it, they would have been tied. They would have been yep. going to a playoff. That and then amazingly, out of all that, DJ, I think, ends up finishing second, right? Uh, that. I think so he does. I, I, you're I think probably right. So I decided to even so look I at the leaderboard Dustin, after. I think Dustin yeah. finished second, which, you know, and, and, and he's just, uh, you know, all, all those guys are ridiculously good, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, some of those, you know, you, you get kind of judged on how many majors you end up winning, right? So, That's uh, the number that really matters. Doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, all that to be said, I, I watched a little bit of his uh, uh, post post uh tournament presser did you watch that at all yeah yes yeah, it was good i yeah. mean you know and i i think the one thing he said was was very fair is that you know he literally introduced probably working out into golfer into mm. golf and you know he said when he first started on the tour it was him and vijay <laughs> and I, I loved how he said uh you know even phil works out now <laughs> <laughs> any opportunity just to get a little dig at phil i love it although, good, good naturedly although phil yeah. got coocher going into i don't know day three i don't know if you saw his little uh, oh no his little day yeah it was pretty good so, something about how tight he is you know he goes <laughs> if we have anything side going on there's about a 0 0.06 chance of ever collecting oh, so well, that's uh, too sign. funny um good stuff that's it, just fun one last master's note my uh my father who so I don't. I don't really ever watch golf unless it's a major, and that's my dad would always get to. That would sure. be our thing. Like he he loved to watch golf and loved to play. And um, he's a he's a rancher out in South Central South Dakota, and they had like three feet of snow this past week, and so it's calving season, and they're just were. I mean, that's work. I mean, they're just up all day, you know, out up all night, out with the kettle, trying to bring in baby calves as they're born, get them inside to try and keep them warm, and so. He, you know, not that he lives for the Masters, but this is, you know, it's his favorite tournament. You love golf, you love the Masters. So he, he hadn't he hadn't watched or listened, and he shut his phone off, and they were out working all day. 
And CBS, of course, because the coverage had gotten shifted to the morning, they just re-aired the whole thing in the afternoon. So they're showing the replay of it. And my dad doesn't know who's won. And he's sitting down and he's so excited to get a chance to watch this after getting all this stuff done. And they get to about 16 or so. I think right before 16. And they cut away from the coverage that they're just re-airing. And they show a live interview with Tiger and Jim Nance. And my, my father is like, what is this? What's going on? I didn't know. Why are you ruining this for me? And I talked to him on the phone after and he was so upset at CBS for like spoiling it for him. And I tried to explain, well, you know, it's a live interview. They kind of wanted to have this moment and, and Nance and Tiger, did, it was a short form interview after they gave him the green jacket. Now they have a chance to kind of go in depth. And he's like, well, why couldn't they have said like spoiler alert yeah. or something just so I would have been able to. I'm not so, so sure he's not right. I, I agree with him. Like you could have had something on there just to give, hey, yep. just a heads up in case you don't know who won. We're going to talk with the winner. That's right. And she, yep, exactly. But they did not do that. It was just a hello friends and here's Tiger and he although, just won. And although, you go. and again, I, I, I'll say, <laughs> this is that if you're a sports fan probably not many people would not, not know that that were yes. the case but yeah. it's a really good thought though because it, it's really something to think about moving forward because you never know you yeah. never know where people are coming from yeah, and literally sure. how cool would it be if he was watching it and not knowing yeah, it like exactly. he did and then it's no different than watching it live he was denied point. a real treat <sighs> you're a real treat we we experience this a lot in the soccer world when you haven't been able to watch a match especially champions league games which are yep. on midday during the week sometimes yep. your work life yep. takes precedent over your unfortunately your that's fan right. life so you're taping these games watching them later like i'll just shut my phone off yeah and that's not always possible to do for some people certainly but yeah if you get a score ruined yeah and that totally it takes away all the suspense and the joy and it's like well what's the although think about it over the course of let's just say the last decade it's been almost impossible to some degree you'd almost have to be so dialed into like what your dad was doing like just so dialed into work that he's just there's nothing else going on but (laughs) like look at what you just explained to me now that's work and he's like doing it and you you don't have time for this thing called a phone you're not checking yeah you're not checking checking scores you're not checking twitter when yeah but even when you have that you're like it's it's difficult (laughs) because you're at work trying to figure out not to get a score but you still have to do your job on other things yeah these updates come up and all that other stuff been a lot harder to be in the dark it is yeah more, it is more yep. recently yep. yeah so which is a good thing probably yes mm-hmm. um from a soccer we should probably just talk about soccer now uh liverpool did your spurs a big favor this weekend beating chelsea spurs yep. took care of business against the mighty huddersfield town which were relegated a couple of weeks ago four nil who needs harry kane you got lucas mora scoring a hat they play different they do they play different different team the, and they're faster they're faster i mean when sun is up top and more is pretty fast too but they're a different team it's almost like they have two different teams. And, and Harry Kane's such a good finisher that obviously you're going to play him. But I'll tell you what, they're not – they're 5-0 and without Harry in uh, in Premier League games this year. Yeah, well, I'm not sure what that means. Kind of Kyrie. <laughs> it's Kyrie, Harry. So, so, yeah, there you go. That would be an interesting – jeez. Yeah. Talk, talk about a good parallel between two teams that seem to play maybe better than – than they do when their best player is out there. But yeah, we got Huddersfield, but then uh, we get a treat this week. We get the double dip. Yeah, we get to just stay in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> We're, yeah, it's a big week. I mean, it's a huge week. Champions League quarterfinals, second leg at City. You got a one nothing lead going into that game. Yep. And then you got to turn around and play them again on Saturday morning at six thirty. Yep. So you get Wednesday and Saturday against one of the best, the best, the best team in the world right it, now. It, it not not that you're not going to do this, but I, I think you just put all your chips in the middle of the table on Wednesday. 
and then you yeah. just see what happens yeah. because it really they can lose Saturday truly and uh, and then then they'd have to probably win out that that's I think they're at 34 matches right now 33 maybe 33 right? yeah but but I think it, then they'd have to win their last four I think and I and I think they can Which actually is reasonable actually they can I think three of them are at home and yeah. I, I th- so I mean I think they could do it but um I think you put your chips in the middle of the table on Wednesday. Yeah. Well, you've gotten, you've given yourself a great advantage, and yep. obviously that's that's a competition you can win. You Could. can win the Champions League Could. still. You are not going to win the Premier League. Nope. Getting back into the Champions League, of course, is very very important Huge. from a number of different levels. But yeah, I, I totally you you got it. I mean, they, they played it right this weekend. They were playing a bad Huddersfield team at home. They rested a lot, a lot of guys, and they had a lot of rotation. Young guys getting to play. And they won 4-0. It was a smart move. And now you're ready to go for Wednesday. And yes, there is no need to even think about, well, i got to balance the Premier League. Nope. Liverpool have to do that a little bit this week, yes. of course, where you still have, obviously, they get they get Cardiff this weekend. So it's not exactly, yeah. you know, they're not playing another giant fine. this weekend. But but they can't slip. You can't, you can't slip up uh, in, in any front I mean, you anymore. can't tie. No, they can't. No, it's crazy. I mean, you can't. Liverpool right now, currently have a two-point edge on City, but City have a game in hand. City, though, have a much more difficult run-in where they have to play Spurs and they have to play at United. They've got some tricky fixtures mm-hmm. along the way, and they have, of course, one extra game they have to take care of business at. Liverpool played great this weekend, by the way. That was a great performance against a Chelsea team that had been kind of... They, they have haunted Liverpool in situations like this in recent years. So to go out, win 2 nothing. Did you see Mo Salah's goal, by the way? I did not. I need oh, to. I had oh, I had Bill. Masters oh. in front of me. I had that over here. So and then I looked up and it went from uh, nil nil to two zero. Scored two goals in yeah, two minutes. And yeah. I missed both yeah. because I was this way and I wasn't that way. Mm. And so uh, I, I, here I'll leave you with this one. This is what I'm going to leave you with. <laughs> is I, I, what I did watch though, and you tell me what was better, Salah's goal or the ridiculous beginning of that match where the moment of silence mm. followed by just the singing right the, yeah. i mean holy cow i mean it it, it was chills yeah. uh, i mean you know and maybe the singing came first before the uh yeah so yeah you're right so the liverpool chelsea game it, it was the uh, today actually is the 30th anniversary of the hillsborough disaster yep. for liverpool where 96 fans uh were killed in a, in a crush and just a bad, bad deal. I mean, there's a there's a thirty for thirty on stands, this. Right? This, yeah. That was the stands, right? That was the stands. So there were two separate. Uh, Liverpool were involved with two tragedies in the late '80s, and one was in Heisel, Belgium, in a, in a European match where the stands literally just collapsed. It was an old, dilapidated stadium, and Liverpool were playing Juventus, and there was some wow. fan interaction, and the fans collapsed. The, the stadium just like collapsed, yep. and that was awful. And uh, and then later. A couple of years later then at Hillsborough, this was an FA Cup game. And it was, they used to do it where you just sort of picked random sites. And so they were neutral venues and you went and played these matches. And they opened the gates to this particular match and fans kind of ran in. It was all Cedar Stadia at that they time. They got crushed. They right? got crushed. So fans ran in and the stewards let in way too many people. So people at the back are just kind of queuing up and sort of trying to push their way forward. And there was no place for the fans to go. And at that time, it was like a chain link fence that these people were getting crushed up against. And people they suffocated died. and died. 96 people died kind of, at the Kind of match. like, the, I think, in the United States, it was akin to the Who concert probably back yeah, in same, 1979, yep, right? Exactly. I think it was in Cincinnati. Yeah. And so, same yep, sort same of deal. deal. Yeah, and so that, terrible. It, it, but to... to um, but to hear that song... What, you, you'll never walk you, alone. You'll never walk yeah. alone. It, 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 followed by the moment of silence yeah. where... I, I, I'm not sure there was one iota of a sound 
Uh, yeah. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah. It's a club that has experienced a lot. And during that time, because part of it too, it's a, such a, it's a really sad story because then this was at a time in the eighties when soccer hooliganism was kind of at its peak and the public and really the judicial system in England tried to make this the fans fault. And they tried to say, these were, you know, these are crazy fans that it's their fault that this happened. And these people died because of them. And that really wasn't the case. It was it was mismanagement by the stadium, and they've they've now they're still in legal battles about this over who's to blame and what and seeking justice has become a big thing for this club over the last thirty years for the families that lost people, and they wear they were the number ninety six with two flames on the back of their uniforms to remember the two disasters and especially these people that died at Hillsborough that day, and to hear yeah to hear that they had just the reverence that goes along with this and understanding what this is a game, but this, this meant so much more to these people that now have seen loved ones die supporting this team and not see the justice they want. Um, yeah, you sing, you'll never walk alone before. And then you had this moment and then it was just this roar. Cause it, it, you're in this, cause again, they have not won since that season, since 90, they won the following season, um, after this disaster happened, but it's, it's been so long and all those emotions coming together, yeah, it was, I mean, that obviously was, that was the moment. And amazing. I, I, I get emotional thinking about that. It's just, it's unbelievable to think. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. So, I mean, between, you know, you had almost bookend uh, that that moment and then the Tiger winning moment. Yeah. I mean, there's not, yeah. I mean, you wonder why people do this thing called sport. I mean, yeah. it's because the, those are the unscripted moments you'll never know. Yeah. And, you know, we, again, we're we're lucky enough to, 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 to work in it in some re- regard. You know, I, I like to think I'm in the education business as well as much as the sport business. But at the end of the day, it's pretty special. Yeah, I think it brings out something in, in just the human complexion, like you're just human nature yep. gets unearthed because of competition sometimes because everything that is attached to it. Yep. Just another level and another layer of why we love well, sports it, it's so a, much. It's a unifier but it's also a unifier in competition yeah. where you then have two groups that are unified in trying to get one result. Yeah. And normally, normally you just get one result. Normally. Most of the time. <laughs> you can draw in the Premier League, right? Yes. You can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So. And as I've learned, it's sometimes it's fair. Yes. After 90 minutes. <laughs> I love it. That's a good way to end on. That's that's a good way to end. So big thanks as always to our producer, David Folsky, for Bill Chaves. I'm Alex Sander. Thanks again for listening. Happy Easter this weekend, and we'll chat again next week.